This episode of Radio Techers is brought to you in part by Trip Surfer Vacations. Travel is opening up again, and we know you're ready to go. Trip Surfer Vacations has great all-inclusive packages for your next beach vacation and all the info you need to know about your next trip. So whether you're headed to the Cancun, Cozumel, Cabo, or the Caribbean, Trip Surfer Vacations has you guys covered. We even have partnerships for European adventures as well. So we know you're ready to go. Visit TripSurferVacations.com and let them know that Radio Techers sent you. Y'all have fun out there. How did we become Central Ohio's most trusted team of orthopedic experts? We focus on what matters most, our patients. At Orthopedic One, we know we're only at our best when we're helping you get better. And every day, your commitment to overcoming pain and injury inspires and moves us. That's why we bring our best every day to earn your trust. Find a physician near you at orthopedicone.com. This episode of Headlock Talk is brought to you by... Austin-based company Naturally Hemp's and their new line of CBD gummies. These gummies are made with 100% baked-in, pharmaceutical-grade, non-isolate-based CBD. What we're talking about here is the entourage effect. The entourage effect refers to the stronger effect you get when combining multiple cannabinoids together, as opposed to just CBD. Full-spectrum CBD, or CBD distillate, tends to be more potent and last longer, which is what we're talking about here. Unlike some other brands that use a spray-on CBD, Naturally Hemp CBD distillate is baked in, so you know you're getting the full dose with each gummy. I personally use them for all kinds of things, like sleep aid or muscle pain. And did I mention they taste great? They got five flavors. Uh, strawberry, green apple, lemon lime, watermelon, and get this, the orange flavor has vitamin C in it. Ooh. So... If this sounds like something you could go for, head over to your nearest Creative Sig vape shop and pick yours up today to see for yourself the difference Naturally Hemp's gummies can make in your life. So you thought we would just sit back and just not give you a review on AEW's Double or Nothing from Saturday. Well, think again. Because it's Sunday, as of our recording this, we got on Skype and talked all about what is a potential show of the year contender. And welcome to yet another episode of Headlock Talk. Oh, snap. Oh, snap, indeed. I am, of course, the Texas gentleman, Tanner Pruitt. And joining us today, over the internet, is the one and the only Mr. Stephen Grudy. Howdy, howdy. What's going on, man? How's it going, man? How are you doing? Oh, it's going good. Going good. Yeah, just finished this show. Uh, yeah, it's good Sweet. times. Yeah, no, it's awesome. Um, so we we weren't originally gonna do like you know uh, a review like this until next week because mm. uh, it was it was my, my it's my fifth year anniversary this weekend. So um, yeah, I know, right? Uh, Congratulations, sir! Oh, thank you, thank you. I'm glad to be alive. 
uh, <laughs> you know, because Lord knows how much hell I raised that to to my poor wife. But she's she's an awesome, amazing woman. So you know, she she can stand it. Um, yeah, but um, yeah, we you and I talked, and we both decided that this show was too good not to talk to you guys early about it. So mm-hmm. here we are. Yes, here we are. Here we are. <laughs> yeah. So, so uh, yeah, AEW Double or Nothing 2020. Mm. Mm. It uh, it was very very entertaining. I, oh I, man, I was it thoroughly was so good. impressed. Yeah, were you were you sports entertained? <laughs> no, but I was certainly <laughs> I, I certainly got my fair share of high quality wrestling. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I don't want to go like too hard on this show necessarily, but God damn, was this a good show, man. So, so good. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, I think there, um, don't get me wrong, there were some lulls to it, Mm -hmm. but I think the overall vibe was very, very high quality. Um, There were very... uh, the the occasions where I was bored <laughs> mm-hmm. um, or lost focus were very few and far between. Um, so I I, I did uh, appreciate that aspect of it, and mm-hmm. um, yeah, there was twists, turns, lots of excitements, and uh, um, yeah, this is this kind of goes back to um, kind of what we were talking about before with AEW Revolution, and I think we mentioned it a few other times how AEW. I guess more than anything needed to, I guess, crescendo its mm-hmm. shows to where it's got a nice build and everything builds off of what came before it. And I think it, with just a minor exception or two, uh, this excelled at that. Yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, pretty much all of these matches here, you know, there, there's a story going into them and, and they just continued it so, so well. Uh, I think a lot of, uh, a lot of what makes this pay-per-view great, in my opinion, is if you're an AEW like like diehard or or like an AEW fanboy, you know you 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 really know all of these wrestlers and all of these storylines. This is really just junk food for you. Like the, there's there's a lot of fan service um, in this show, and, and I mean that in a good way. Uh, I know so, some people can take that as a negative connotation, but I definitely think that's a good thing. Um, it's just. It's so detailed too. There, there's just little parts of the show that really just like harker back to like maybe two dynamites ago, or or maybe even a dynamite from months ago. Um, mm-hmm. So, so this this show really rewards the viewer um, for you know if they've been with AEW uh, you know since the beginning from from last year's Double or Nothing, or or even if you just started um, you know a few months ago. It, the show really rewarded you uh, for sticking around, which I really, really appreciated. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, it, it definitely rewards you, the, the viewer, um, and and even like right from the get go too, mm-hmm. right? Um, like I, I feel like the um, the casino uh, ladder match, right? I feel like that was the perfect way to start the show, and to a lesser degree. And and again, I. I really don't want to come across as AEW fanboyish because I, I mean I, I will. It's okay. <laughs> that's fine. I mean I I do I, I do want to come off as unbiased as possible. I still have a lot of love for NXT. Um, you know I still have a lot of love for other companies, obviously. But 
Uh, with that said, um, I think that this uh, this was a markedly better ladder match, uh, obviously, than what we got at Money in the Bank, which was less mm-hmm. of a ladder match and more of a a cinematic experience, right? Right, right. And I don't want to necessarily, you know, just immediately jump into comparing the two. Um, but, I mean, yeah, I do agree with you. Definitely a, a remarkably better uh, ladder match from, from this casino ladder match uh, at Double or Nothing. And, and even the the stadium stampede match that we'll go into uh, later on definitely had that kind of cinematic feel to it. Um, but just came off so much better i i think than uh than money in the bank did personally oh for sure man i i definitely agree with that and and i think you and i are ready to kind of just take a deep dive down into this show so let, let's let's start um yeah. um with this here um uh, i take it that you you watched the pre-show itself um this morning uh, I actually or, missed the pre-show. Oh, you missed the pre-show. Okay. I missed it, unfortunately. Yeah. Well, no worries. Um, I can kind of give some filler here on this. Um, it was okay. best best friends versus private party, um, in a was, was virtually a number one contenders match, mm-hmm. um, uh, to the AEW Tag Team Championships. It was a pretty decent enough showing overall by both teams. Um, I. Th- uh, you you definitely came away with the best friend still being pushed as like uh, the team uh, with the with the number one ranking to go after uh, the championships, and I think that's going to be certainly the next thing on the agenda. I think they mm-hmm. will they will provide uh, Hangman Page and Kenny Omega with uh, a, a good enough contest for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, Private Party also had a very good showing as well. I felt. Um, though there there are certain spots where you can kind of tell you know maybe the movement's a little bit off or you know something's just it doesn't come across uh, across as crisp perhaps um, but at the same time um, I mean I, there's not really a whole lot of complaint to be had they're still very young and 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 I think this is a good chance to kind of still continue to earn their chops. For sure. I I mean, like you said, private party, definitely still a a relatively young, relatively new, um, you know, tag team. And just the things that they're able to to pull off, even being that young, is very impressive. So, I I mean, they show potential 100 percent. Private party is awesome already. Uh, You know, we'll just have to wait and see where they go. But and then you have best friends. I mean, there's. There's a reason they're they're on top of the tag team division. You know, uh, those guys are really really great, and, and they have that that formula that AEW has been doing for their their uh, their like babyface type people. Where um, yes, they they have the they have the comedy type stuff. You know, with with the 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 hug where they get the Okada shot and everything. But those guys can really wrestle. They can oh, really yeah. really wrestle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I'm I, like I said, I'm super excited. Uh, for for those guys, I do think that um, uh, I w- I was actually re-listening to our um, I know I'm getting a little bit sidetracked here, but I was re-listening That's to okay. our 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 end of the year special when we had Josh and Kevin on from Wrestling Reverb, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, I I still believe in what Kevin is saying and that Private Party is definitely a team that. If if they're not just the ones to look out for, they're certainly the ones. They're they're certainly a lot of room for them to be tag team champions perhaps later on in the year. Maybe it maybe a surprise win of the titles at some point. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I definitely feel like it's best friends time right now. 
um, and that they'll they'll put on a, a pretty decent match, I believe, with with Omega and Page. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't have any reason to believe that that it wouldn't be good. You know what I mean? Like the they've proven themselves. It'll be a good match. Oh, for sure, man, for sure. Yeah. Well, let's dig here into the meat of the card. The uh, the opening match, uh, of course, the the casino ladder match uh, for a future AEW World Championship shot. Um, now, uh, Ray Phoenix was taken out of the match uh, due to injury, um, but he was replaced by Joey Janela, um, who is not necessarily a like for like. <laughs> <laughs> here in this case, um, but he he did add a, another dimension. Um, For sure. At, at the start of the show, they um, before the match, they were taking us backstage where uh, they had pre-recorded some interviews with some of the guys. Um, he, he Joey Janelle, of course, is the first one up here. He talks about how he's replacing Phoenix, and he does cut a pretty decent promo. Uh, yep. But but then he, he then he gives like the double thumbs up, like the eh. Yeah, <laughs> the double thumbs up, and I was like, "Now you just lost all the credibility with me that you just gained." So right, right. You know? well, he, like you said, he, he gave a pretty decent promo. It wasn't amazing, but it was decent. And then he gives those two thumbs up, and you're like, "Okay, go away." Yeah, you're like, "Oh <laughs> man, you just yeah. had to do that." Um, <laughs> There's Janelle for you, though. I mean, yeah, true. Uh, Kip Sabian was next, and he said that ladders are in his blood. Which sounds unhealthy, and it like doesn't he... sound biologically possible. No, it's. <laughs> <laughs> um, he did have uh, his his new best friend Jimmy Havoc with him, as yes. well as uh, uh, Penelope Ford. Uh, they were talking about how this is uh, Kip Sabian's time. Uh, Christopher Daniels, of course, cut a great promo for um, his his teammates and tag team partners in SCU. Um, and, uh, last but not least, Orange Cassidy, who, yes. uh, he, uh, he was kind of going over the game plan with Chuck Taylor and, uh, uh, Trent, uh, backstage. And, uh, he, he really just couldn't, he couldn't grasp the concept of the ladder match. Like yeah. He, yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like he, he. I don't know. He 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 said he he really needed to get some more practice in, um, and he just wanted to understand, you know, what he was trying to do. Yeah. Chuck Taylor seemed really worried the whole time. It it, <laughs> it was good comedy. Yeah, I love how they have uh, Orange Cassidy actually like talking now. Uh, yes, and I thought it would be weird at first, but it's working. It's really working. And, and then you have, like you said, you have Chuck Taylor looking super worried and orange Cassidy kind of shoes him off and he's like, let me practice. And Oh man, it was funny. It was funny. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. You, you had, it was the, the cool juxtaposition of Chuck Taylor being worried and then Trent being like, not overly confident, but he's like, no man, he can do it. You know, yeah. he, could, he could do it. Um, so <laughs> that was good. And they, they all finished with, uh, we're all going to be champions, and uh, you know everybody. Everybody, put your hands in the middle. You know it was, it was yeah. fun. Um, the match itself starts here. Uh, Scorpio Sky and Frankie Kazarian uh, were actually entrance one and two, um, so that made for for uh, an interesting start. Mm-hmm. Um, they they try to go for the ladders, but they instead opt out of respect to just you know start with wrestling. Right? Yeah, yeah. So, so solid enough. Yeah. Uh, um. The first entrant, number three, uh, the third entrant here into the match, uh, was Kip Sabian, uh, who had um, Jimmy Havoc 
actually come from behind uh, with a ladder and uh, proceed to uh, sneak attack SCU as Kip Sabian was still making his way to the ring. Um, so, yeah, you kind of get a little bit of a hardcore moment here between these guys. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, the the beatdown by Jimmy Havoc is short-lived as he gets, uh, I guess, a released German suplex into a propped ladder that was resting on the... Uh, uh, on like the middle rope, I think it, it was either the middle or the bottom rope. Right. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, uh, I think you, I think that sequence ended with Scorpio Sky being the only one left standing, as uh, the clock counted down. Uh, Darby Allen was the next one in, and mm-hmm. uh, he he was shot right out of a cannon, Stephen. He was fired up, dude. Oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He uh, so he he comes out. He's got a skateboard. He's he's suicide diving. He's just cleaning house, and then uh, like with most things, Darby Allen. He after he cleans house, he gets I think it was Frankie Kazarian propped up on a ladder mm-hmm. that was resting between the ring and the uh, the outside barricade, and then Darby Allen proceeds to climb up probably the tallest ladder in the entire match. Yep, and, and with his skateboard, he does almost kind of like a um like. If anybody's watched pro skateboarding or like the X Games before, uh, there's this typical kind of like drop in that, uh, that that you would do like into a ramp or into a pool or whatever that that they're skating in. So he kind of does like a skateboard drop in, mm-hmm. but he <laughs> uh, Frankie Kazarian obviously rolls out of the way because that would have been murder. Yeah, like basically. clearly homicide. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And, uh, uh, you know, Darby Allen crashes and burns, and he's grasping his ankle, and, yeah, it, this looks very much like an old-school, like, you know, if you're playing Tony Hawk's Pro Skater, you know, and, and you, yeah. you, you fell off of a trick, uh, you, you know, you, how you would, like, grasp your ankle or your leg, yeah, it, it looked like a real rough landing. Oh, yeah, it, it was super rough. Like, the, the trucks of the skateboard just got caught in between the rungs as he landed. The, the ladder itself just collapsed and, and broke in half, and, and then Darby Allen crashed to the floor, like you said, cr- uh, clutching that knee. And, man, he, he was out for a little bit uh, after that. I mean, for good reason. It, it looked so, so rough. And, mm. I mean, I, I guess props to Darby Allen for... Uh, you know, being willing to take a bump like that. It was crazy. Oh, absolutely. Um, the, uh, the next entrance, uh, next entrant rather into the match is orange Cassidy, um, who, uh, who walks out and he immediately goes over to the commentary booth and he's asking Excalibur, JR and Tony what the rules are. Mm-hmm. And, uh, he seems really frustrated that he even has to climb the ladder. Um, <laughs> you know, and, and he's, he's kind of just like, you know, frustrated by everything that Excalibur explained to him. Yeah, um, he's like, man, this is hard. <laughs> yeah, he's like, this is super difficult. So he gets into the ring, and he's ducking and dodging everybody, <laughs> you know, who tries to, like, get in his path as he's trying Normal to figure out... Orange Cassidy fashion. Right, he's trying to yeah. figure out how to use the ladder, and then, like, ducking and dodging everybody who's coming after him. Um, he starts off by, like, he, he lays the ladder flat on the ring and then tries to, like, <laughs> step onto the ladder... And yeah. like reach for, <laughs> reach for the chip until he finds out. Like, bro, it's... you got like seven, <laughs> eight more feet. Like, <laughs> right, like minimum ten. Like, you, yeah. you got to get up there. Um, <laughs> so, so he's he's trying to figure out how to set up the ladder as as he's dodging attacks by everybody else. 
after him is Colt Cabana, who um, uh, I would say, he, you know, this is where probably the finest comedic spot comes in. He's there. He's 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 purposefully teaching Cassidy, Orange Cassidy, incorrectly how to use the ladder, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so he, Cabana, um, he, he, he tricks Cassidy, um, and, uh, gets Cassidy out of the ring, I think. And Colt Cabana tries to climb up the ladder himself and, uh, he gets tipped over on the ladder by SCU Mm -hmm. and his fingers get caught in between the, the two sides of the ladder as the ladder falls over uh, backward onto him. And yeah, I, I cringed real hard. (laughs) Yeah. hundred percent. Uh, that just does not look comfortable. Um, it, it was around this time that uh, the organization of the match really started to, I guess, take a little bit. It was it was breaking down basically into yes. a giant brawl. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, as you would have clearly expect, somebody who would thrive in the middle of this kind of environment, Joey Janela is the next person out. He also has a hot start by, I guess, doing a doing a senton. Uh, uh, like a, a flipping senton. Uh, yeah, off the ramp. Uh, yeah, off the ramp. Mm-hmm. Um, he's he's starting to clean house. Um, SCU and Kip Sabian are battling for the ladder advantage in the ring as everybody else is brawling. Uh, Luchasaurus is out next again. Hot start, super overpowering. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he's just he's cleaning house on everybody. Uh, like d- all the stomps, all of them, all of them, <laughs> all yeah. all of the stomps. <laughs> Um, and then, uh, Darby Allen comes in, uh, miraculously, and uh, he gives Luchasaurus a code red from the middle rope, which is actually a pretty cool spot. Mm -hmm. Um, last but not least, they said that somebody would be making their debut tonight, and it was none other, uh, than Brian Cage, who was making his long way to debut. He had signed with AEW a few months back, and then... You know, after everything else that was going on in the world, you know, I guess that things took a little bit of a delay. Yeah, I can't um, blame him for that. You no, know, absolutely not. Um, yeah. He 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 comes out and is being managed by Taz, which is mm-hmm. an interesting move. Um, Cad, <laughs> Cage rips a ladder in two on the entrance <laughs> ramp, which is like, my god, <laughs> dude. <laughs> I was like. I mean, obviously, Are you gonna rip these people in half, like Jesus. It's obviously a gimmicked ladder, but the visual <laughs> but is very impressive. <laughs> absolutely. I mean, I'm not, I'm not familiar with Brian Cage. Um, th- this is, I, to my knowledge, the first thing that I've seen him in, and, and to just have the first visual of this guy be ripping a steel ladder in half, like you said, it is a gimmicked ladder, but still, like that visual is just like. Okay, uh, this match is going to take a turn, you know. <laughs> yeah, here's this huge guy just making his way to the the, the ring, and he he just tears this ladder and in, into two. <laughs> it's, it's great. Um, so, yeah. so so he is just uh, wreaking havoc upon everybody in the match, and uh, as as one you know will do. Um, uh, the uh, uh, I guess the rest of the participants in the match decide to gang up on him and eventually bury him under a bunch of rubble after finally, yeah. <laughs> after being ganged up on, uh, including putting a very large poker chip on top of him. Dude, that thing was huge. Yeah, it looked like I it know. weighed a bunch. Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. I mean, it, it can't weigh that much. You don't want to, you don't want to crush Brian Cage, but no, you don't want to kill him. Uh, Just saying, it, it looked heavy. <laughs> right, right. 
Um, the, the match uh, finally kind of, you know, it doesn't die down a little bit, but it, it does, uh, I guess, pick up its um, flow here mm-hmm. uh, where everybody is jockeying for the advantage. Uh, Orange Cassidy and uh, Kip Sabian are fighting up the ladder. Cassidy uh, knocks Kip off of the ladder. And this is the part where everybody is uh, who is associated in the match kind of makes her way back in. So you got uh, Penelope Ford, Jimmy Havoc, Marco Stunt comes out of nowhere. He brings out a little ladder, does a choke slam spot. You know, it's pretty funny. Yeah, um, good. <laughs> Uh, Joey Janela takes out Orange Cassidy with a running Death Valley driver off the apron um, onto that large poker chip that was on top of Brian Cage. Mm. Uh, SCU battle for ladder for the ladder advantage, uh, uh, and then Luchasaurus takes advantage of the match. Uh, where uh, out of nowhere, Brian Cage comes up from under all the rubble, destroys Luchasaurus, and then Darby Allen, who he he places Darby Allen on top of a ladder that was resting on the top turnbuckle and then proceeds to almost do a military press up in the air and mm-hmm. then tosses Darby Allen uh, uh, to the ladder on the outside, standing ladder, which is probably the most dangerous spot in the whole match. Yes. Um, Darby's landing did not look great. Um, and, uh, yeah, uh, Brian Cage went up top took the chip and uh yeah he he now has a uh, a shot at the AEW World Heavyweight Championship. Yes indeed. Now listeners, if that sounded like a lot, it's because it is. It's a lot. <laughs> There's a lot that have I mean the match itself is uh Wikipedia has it at 28 minutes 30 seconds. It is a rather long match. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this is not one of the lulls that we were talking about in this show. This match is just crazy all the way through. Really, really great spots all the way through and, and really good work from everybody. Um, mm-hmm. I, I think for me, uh, the biggest like plus that I give this match is just like, it. this is the perfect opener for this show. Like, yes. absolutely perfect. And, and the reason I say that is because you know, earlier on the show, I said that the show has a lot of fan service and it's very rewarding for people who normally will watch AEW. But what's great about this first match is it kind of gives you uh, like a really large introduction to what AEW really is and, and who some of their most popular talent is. I mean, you have Darby Allen, Orange Cassidy. I mean, those are two and Luchasaurus. I mean, those are three of the most over guys in the entire company. And, mm. and you get. You get to see them come out here and, and do what they're known for, do what they do best. You you get to see what Orange Cassidy is about, you know, the comedy stuff. Uh, but then we also just get to see Brian Cage, and, and he's a new piece that we haven't seen. You know, yes. so you you see a bunch of all the all the most popular people, what they are about. But then you also get a, this this new layer with Brian Cage coming in and and just kind of laying waste to everybody, just looking very very dominant. So th- this was just the perfect opener because whether you've seen AEW and, and you do get the little intricacies that they put in the match uh, as like a little fan service thing, great. Mm. If you don't watch AEW, this is a fantastic introduction into what AEW is. So the, right, whoever decided to put this first on the card, bravo. Yeah. Props. Yes. Yeah. Um, I, he, what I enjoyed most is that this was markedly better than what uh, they set out to achieve with the Casino Battle Royale last year, 
yes. where where they it was a bit confusing at times and it, it, it it's it is a battle royal they try to put a, a a spin on it which is very creative and very inventive and I do give them props for for that um, but I don't find battle royales to be super exciting me neither um, you know to, to be perfectly honest. Uh, but this is a nice way of putting a spin on both the ladder match and the battle royale, and nobody looked weak. Nobody mm-hmm. came off as looking bad at all. Um, and, and and you had a debuting Brian Cage who really looked great. He, yeah, yeah. Uh, he looked very credible. You even had Taz looking to the camera at the end of the match saying, uh, "What was he yelling? He, he was yelling to the camera that that uh, that." He's pointing at Brian Cage and he's like, he's going to keep dropping bodies. You know, nobody's going to yeah, stop I him. Promise. Gonna, yeah. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, yeah. I promise he's going to keep dropping bodies. Mm-hmm. Um, great stuff. Really, really good. Um, I, I will admit, Stephen, and I've, I, I should have told you this off air, but um, for me at least, I, I'm going to switch back to the star rating system just for my own personal sake here. Uh, okay. so, so that way I can, I can keep track of. Uh, I guess star ratings as we go on through the year. So when it does come to our, our end of the year episode, uh, we're able to, uh, I guess, rank things accordingly uh, mm-hmm. for, for matches of the year. Um, so I gave this four, uh, four stars out of five. Right on. Uh, I went with a letter grade system uh, for all of this. So sorry. Okay. No, uh, <laughs> no, you're fine. I, that's my fault. I should have said something. No worries, no worries. Uh, no, I, I thought this match was, was awesome. Absolutely great opener. Great work from everybody in it. I gave the match an A. Very, very good. Awesome. Awesome. A for awesome. <laughs> uh, next match on the card is MJF versus Jungle Boy. Uh, the commentary team puts over both men as uh, you know, ones to look out for in the future. Um, and this here, I won't go into nearly as much detail as I did with the ladder match. Obviously the ladder match had a lot of different elements to it that mm-hmm. need to be, um, <laughs> that, that they needed to be accounted for. Uh, right. but, uh, this match here was excellent. Yeah, no, absolutely. De- definitely. Excellent is a good word for it. I mean, both of these guys, it's really crazy to think about. And the commentary team talked about this, too, in the the middle of the match. MJF is 24. And Jungle Boy is 22. Yeah. And and they can go out there for 17 minutes and have a match like that. I mean, this is one of those matches where, like, I can't really, like, necessarily point to one particular spot. Mm -hmm. But... Both guys, it was a lot of chain wrestling, very technical, which I really enjoyed. Uh, we we got to see a lot of uh, you know the flying stuff that we know Jungle Boy for. We got to see more of the opportunistic, uh, you know, kind of kind of like quick holds from MJF. Uh, you know, we we just got to see the best of both these guys. I think uh, mm. I, I really think I really thought that Jungle Boy w- was going to go over here. Um, mm-hmm. I, I really thought that that that's the way that the momentum was going. But MJF did eventually get the victory uh which is surprising for me uh i I thought jungle boy was gonna get it uh just because he's been so hot recently and then with mjf being you know such a such a crowd favorite and he's very dominant in the division i figured they were gonna 
use MJF to kind of put Jungle Boy over, but they did the opposite, um, which is fine. I, I think both guys uh, would deserve the victory, and I don't think uh, Jungle Boy is necessarily worse off uh, for the loss. But, um, I mean, I, either way you shake it, it was a very, very good match. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, like you said, there's a lot of chain wrestling, a lot of technical kind of stuff. And uh, MJF, obviously, I mean, he he's very much a throwback like a very old school kind of heel, um, yeah. but but he does back it up very very well in the ring. Um, Jungle Boy, um, every time I watch him, he he gets better and better. And mm-hmm. um, this is this is going to be fairly high praise, and I I don't know how many people out there are going to agree with me, um, but he does remind me a lot of a young Will Osprey. In that, um, while Will is probably more, he's more high flying base. He's more, um, he's more lucha based uh, as well. Um, Jungle Boy kind of has more of a hybrid sort of style where he can kind of he can fly, he can work lucha style, he can uh, he can do technical wrestling. He's just very well versed in general. Mm-hmm. Um, but he he continues to put on quality performances. Um and and raises that standard every time I see him. Yeah. Um, so I think it may hope hopefully in a few years time, you know, um, I'm not saying he has to bulk up, but if he did, it would make for I I think a, a better overall uh, appearance for him, and it would make him look perhaps more formidable against a guy who's uh, I I would say not significantly bigger. Um, but but definitely larger in somebody like uh, like MJF, right? Right, right. Yeah, I mean, I, I pretty much agree with that. Uh, de- definitely from the appearance standpoint, you know, Jungle Boy has proven to us that that he's w- more than capable in the ring. Uh, and like you said, in any aspect, whether it's you know high flying, brawling, uh, you know technical kind of stuff, he he can excel in any of that. Uh, definitely, you know, bulk up a little bit, and I could see him being, you know, a, a real big asset, real big main eventer for this company for sure. But even then, like, not even taking anything away from Jungle Boy, you know, you mentioned every time you see him that he gets better. How many people on the AEW roster do they have that are like that? It, it's so many. There's so many wrestlers yeah. that they just keep getting better and better and better. And I, I don't know if that's... Um, you know, 100% due to the staffing that AEW has or the training that that uh, these wrestlers go through. But whatever they're doing, man, it, it's it's really working. Because mm-hmm. I mean, Jungle Boy, MJF, uh, I mean Brody Lee to a certain degree, uh, um, Nyla Rose. Like, th- there's so many competitors on that roster that every time you see them, they're better than the last time. Well, I think a lot of that has to go into like they have a good core. Not only of young up and coming people that maybe you you may not have seen, um, you know, or heard of, or or mm-hmm. people that have been established on the indie scene for a while, uh, but you know, you also have these guys who are also just ring generals, right? Like yeah, you're, yeah, your your you're Chris Jericho's, your Kenny Omega's, you know, you, you even go behind the scenes and and you've got you know guys like Jerry Lynn and uh, Billy Gunn. 
Um, you could even look at like veterans in, in, in tag wrestling, like, you know, uh, Frankie Kazarian, Scorpio Sky, Christopher Daniels. These, these are people that you can learn a lot from. And yeah. even, even Matt Hardy, who, uh, especially Matt Hardy, who we, we will talk about later on in, the, in this oh, episode, man. you yeah. know, he, he was, he's a big part of helping a lot of these guys, you know, kind of learn this new kind of TV style if they haven't worked TV style before. Right. Um, so, yeah, I, I think that uh, they have a good mix of talent um, that's really making their product stand out. Yeah, I completely agree. Um, on to our next match, Cody versus Lance Archer for the inaugural TNT Championship, uh, which was presented by Mike Tyson, who uh, we spoke about in previous episodes. Mike's trying to make a comeback. We'll see what happens with that. I, I do actually uh, have some breaking news to share. Um, oh, snap. Uh, Mike Tyson, uh, he, he, he kind of has a, he kind of put out an open challenge of sorts. And um, it l- appears, and, and this is this is just what I'm, I'm going off of uh, based on Bleacher Report, uh, MMA legend Tito Ortiz uh, is intrigued by the prospect of uh, taking him up on this challenge. He says it would be a once-in-a-lifetime kind of thing uh, that he couldn't possibly turn down uh, if given the opportunity. So, uh, Oh, shit! Yeah, we'll see where that goes. Um, I'd, I'd be very intrigued. Tito Ortiz, not necessarily uh, known for his boxing per se, but he does have some knockout power. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. So this will be it. Will be interesting. Mike Tyson. He uh, he, he proved to us all that he is still very very much a scary man. Yes. Um, <laughs> uh, so Tyson, uh, he comes out with the TNT title. Mm-hmm. Um. Mm-hmm. It looks good. Uh, they, the commentary team did note that they they will be refurbishing the title a little bit. They didn't get the gold plating that they right. um, were, were initially looking to get, um, mm-hmm. but that they will they will rechristen it soon once uh, once that plating gets available. Right, um, and, and I I'm just curious. You know, I, I know the I know the gold plating's not on it yet, so we haven't seen the the title you know complete necessarily, but. What are your first impressions? What do you think of it? I think it looks overall pretty solid. I can see the direction that they want to go in with it, especially if they do get the gold trimming to it. Mm-hmm. I think it would look really, really nice, the gold on red. Um, though I, I like that kind of style personally. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's not, it's not a bad-looking belt. Yeah, no, I like it. I, I think with the gold on there, it's going to really pop. Uh, like you said, with the red, too, it's going to look really, really good. Mm-hmm. Um I am not the biggest fan that TNT is just like smack dab in the middle and it's just their logo right there. Right. Um, but I mean, wh- what are you going to do? It- it's not, it's not like the first NXT title where it's just TNT done, you know? So <laughs> it- it's right. fine. Uh, I would have preferred may- maybe a little bit more uh, stylistic kind of on the, on the TNT logo, make it, you know, dynamite it. Um, if you will, but um, it looks good. It looks good. I mean, it's always possible that the that the new design, whatever that's made available, that uh, you know that that it will have more trimming to it, and that'll have uh, maybe more features on it. I guess I don't know. Yeah, it'd be cool. <laughs> a, if, like, a more the, creative design. I don't know. Yeah, it, it would be cool if like the actual the letters T and T were like um, 
like maybe faded or like like the mm. plating was was kind of coming off uh, mm. on that part and then have the rest of the belt be like pristine gold plating i think that would look really cool oh for sure um, anyways we're talking about a belt but <laughs> right oh and and uh, i'm sorry i'm getting sidetracked again i don't remember uh-huh. if i don't think we rated the last match mjf and jungle boy uh i gave that four by the way four four out of five b plus there you go good yep. stuff um, anyway, back to the match at hand here. <laughs> um, Lance Archer um, versus Cody. Um, Lance Archer kind of comes right out of the gate and hits his finisher on Cody the blackout. You know, mm-hmm. He hits it on Cody right away. Cody rolls out of the ring. Um, and really, this match really is about 70-30 for Archer. Archer takes a yeah. lot of this match here. Mm-hmm. No, 100%. I mean, and that's that's throughout the entire match. Like it's, it's very archer heavy throughout this. Um, I stopped just short of calling it a squash match. Uh, obviously, be, I mean, because of the, the finish, uh, but also just because Cody did get some good offense in, um, you know, he had that legacy road spot toward, towards the end. He had the, the double crossroads. He definitely did get, mm. did get some good offense in, Yeah, but it's very few and far between, and he absolutely received a pummeling from Lance Archer. Right, right, and and that's kind of um, something that I want to touch on too. Um, I know uh, one of our friends of the show, Anthony from Smart to Death, uh, he mm-hmm. did remark that you know Cody essentially. Uh, you know he makes a lot of great comeback spots, and that and that's how he wins this match, right? Is, is right. He, he he continues to persevere and make comeback spots, and and there is the inevitable criticism, and, and this is something that Anthony pointed out that uh, Cody awarding himself the TNT title is kind of WWE esque, right? Um, and and to that degree, I I do disagree, right? Mm-hmm. I, I um while I. While I don't entirely disagree with the sentiment about it, I think there is the overarching kind of um, motif throughout the show about baby faces going over throughout the night, mm, right? Yeah. Right. Uh, this was very much a feel-good show for for mm-hmm. people. Uh, they would bring up, you know, um, you know, Sh- uh, Shad Gaspard and. Uh, mm-hmm. um, uh, and, and and you know covid uh and, and all these these tragic things that have happened throughout the week you know mm-hmm. they, they, they would shine a light on these kind of things hana kimura you know they would shine a light mm-hmm. on all these different things and mm-hmm. really they this match here in particular probably personified the most of baby faces uh triumphing under i guess um what what what's the right wording here? Uh, under like d- d- just extraordinary circumstances, right? Adversity, like, adversity, right? Like yeah. Lance Archer pummeled Cody <laughs> mm-hmm. right throughout the match, and um, yeah, it, it was it, that that is the motif here. So mm-hmm. I I I don't agree that Cody would necessarily draft himself as being the first TNT champion, I think that was a decision made because of the prevailing circumstances, right? Right. No, for sure. I, I definitely agree with that sentiment. And, and also on another note, I, I I don't entirely agree with that, only because, 
yes, Cody is, you know, part owner of the company. He he's he's executive vice president. He has a lot of a lot of power and a lot of sway in the company. That is true. But it's not really thrown in your face very often. Uh, and so in, in fact, quite the opposite. He 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 actually puts people over quite often. Exactly. And, and so I I definitely don't agree with that sentiment just because I, I don't think that's become a problem in AEW. And, and like you said, quite the opposite. I think they're handling that very well. Uh, my problem with this match is just, yes, Cody is known for the, those comeback spots, you know, but mm-hmm. it wasn't believable, man. Like, honestly, like Cody was getting his ass kicked. And then out of nowhere, he just hits a couple big moves and gets the one, two, three. It it didn't really make a lot of sense. That being said, the match is good. It, it is a good match. I did enjoy it. Uh, it went a little long, in my opinion. I think that's yeah. I think that's due to the fact that, like you said, it was a very 70-30 split match. Um, mm. Not a squash match because Cody did win, but like it's almost a squash match because Cody got very little offense in and then got the pin at the end. And, and so that's my issue with this match. I, I don't think the finish was very believable. Um, but at the same time, it, it's Cody and, and it's it's the legacy Rhodes moves and like, you know, the the, the story of it is, is big. So I get them trying to trying to make the finish make sense with the with these big legacy moves, but like mm. it I have respect Dustin and, and the Rhodes family, but that's a DDT. Like you didn't just like <laughs> you, you didn't just kill the man. Like you hit him with a DDT, and, and somehow you got the pin. I don't know. Yeah, it, it's a a, a spinning, it, almost DDT net neck breaker kind of right. Uh, it, you know, uh, modification. And it's a very there. cool move. It's it a is. very cool move, and he and he did it very very well. But yeah. like <laughs> I don't know. So I, I gave this three and a quarter. Um, uh-huh. I, I did remark that it is a, a well-worked match, if a tad bit overbooked, yeah. m- you know, mostly because of, again, I think that 70-30 split that we were talking about, but also you know, um, the focus on Arn Anderson and Jake the Snake Roberts and all, all that stuff kind of leading and into it there. Mike Tyson. And- Mike Tyson's there. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of cutaways to Mike Tyson. Mike Tyson mm-hmm. gets involved when Jake the Snake tries to bring out, uh, you know, the the Snake <laughs> into the right. ring, and and uh, then uh, Jake the Snake nearly craps himself, you know, because yep. <laughs> of Mike Tyson. And then obviously, yeah, Lance Archer, he's he's trying to call out, call out Tyson, and then Tyson clearly says "f you" yeah. to, to, to Lance Archer, <laughs> and, and you can see him mouth the words "get out of here, motherfucker." <laughs> right. Right. He and and at this point, look, Mike Tyson, um he shot that video and he he posted something along the lines of and I I'm not sure if this is verbatim or not uh, cuz I don't do Instagram, but he he basically remarked that uh the the gods of war have drafted him back into the, the fight game. Right. Uh, right. And, 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 and like something really like <laughs> like serious and it's like like super grand <laughs> right you don't want to pick on mike tyson when his ego's <laughs> been reactivated like this um right, yeah. so yeah uh, there were spots where it was just it's not unusual that cody tends to overbook the match to a grandiose ex- uh, extent um mm-hmm. but but i still think that this was executed pretty well all things considered um yeah 
Yeah. What would you what'd you give this match? Uh, three and a quarter. Three and a quarter. Give it a B minus. Okay, so pro- probably close to around the same. Maybe yeah, give or, give yeah. or take. Uh, I mean, maybe, I enjoyed it. Yeah. I definitely have some some qualms with it, but I enjoyed it. Yeah. Uh, we had uh, an update with uh, Doctor uh, Britt Baker, or rather, her doctor, because doctors need doctors. Of course. Um, <laughs> Uh, he's saying that uh, that she'll announce her status on when she'll return uh, on Dynamite. Uh, he did remark that the the patient is obviously worse than the injury. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so uh, take that for what you will. I almost wish they had gone into some kind of vignette with like uh, Britt Baker getting like uh, you know like an IV put in or something, and her just like going ham on these doctors, you know, like slapping them around and, and stuff like that. But they didn't. But it, right, they should have. Right. They should have. <laughs> perhaps. Maybe. Maybe we'll get some of that on Dynamite. Who knows? Hey, who knows? <laughs> um, let me see here. Now we come to the part where, really and truly, for me, uh, this is where the lull of the show is. Um, yes. Uh, you have um, Penelope Ford versus Chris Statlander. I, I mean, I've I've definitely remarked plenty of times on here about how Chris Statlander is a bit green. She is still kind of working through because she's still very very new. Um, Penelope Ford, um, we haven't seen a whole lot of her outside of her managing role. Um, so this match here was probably about what you would expect here. Um, yeah, I mean. Uh, nothing super remarkable, um, but uh, with that said, there was quite a dangerous spot where Chris Statlander did a suicide dive to the outside and clobbered both Penelope Ford, mm. uh, Penelope Ford and Chris Sabian, and it just looked really dangerous to me. Yeah, I don't know. well, it, me. it looked like she sma- like smacked her forehead on the barricade, which is right. rough. <laughs> which is really really rough yeah uh that that was the the one like memorable uh spot from the match in my opinion definitely kind of where the show starts to take a lull um chris statlander was definitely looking better for sure uh penelope penelope ford definitely looking good um but the match just didn't really grab me too much yeah. um it, it wasn't a bad match per se like i i don't want to I don't want to, you know, crucify the match. It, it was just, it was fine. It was solid. Um, yeah, I don't no. know. Yeah, I mean, it was, it was fine. It, yeah. it wasn't remarkable. It wasn't terrible. Um, but uh, I did only give it two, two stars out of five. Mm. I gave it a C. Oh, well, yeah, pro- mm-hmm. probably still about even right there. Yeah. Um, yep. Dustin Rhodes uh, took on, uh, you know, the the that one guy. You know, he used to he used to do the ten thing. Um, <laughs> what, what's his What's his name? Sean Spears. Thank you. Ah, there it is. Uh, yeah. that, that's that. That's it. That's it. Yeah, no. <laughs> Sean Spears. He comes out in a in a in a nice uh, suit. Kind not really nice suit. It was, it's a suit. It's a it's a suit, right? <laughs> um, you know, uh, he he starts talking about how he's gonna end Dustin's career, and he wants Aubrey to start the the match and count out Dustin and blah blah blah. Um, at, at first, he hits the music, uh, Dustin's music, uh, and uh, it turns out it's a trick. It's not really Dustin. He doesn't come out. Uh, but then. Crazy. Yeah, 
<laughs> right. <laughs> but then Dustin, his music hits again, and Sean Spears is like surprised because he's like, "Oh yeah, I didn't ask for this. Like I was told you to only play the music once." Yeah, well, yeah. Well, Brandy comes down the tunnel, and uh, Dustin actually sneak attacks uh, Sean Spears from behind. And uh, it was a very short squash match in which uh, Dustin progressively strips Sean Spears out of his clothes, which yes. is weird. Um, yes. uh, all the We're way not down, even to the weird part yet. Yeah, he gets all the way down to his boxers and uh, or, or you know whatever trunks, whatever you want to call them. Yeah. And uh, yeah, uh, that, that, that's pretty much what happened here. Yeah, it turns out uh, Sean Spears wears underwear with uh, Tully Blanchard's face on it. Yes. So that's uh, yeah. some info you might need for later. I don't yeah. know. It's possible. Yeah. Mm. You you definitely know where Sean Spears stands yeah. on Tolly Blanchard. <laughs> <laughs> or where Tolly Blanchard lands on Sean Spears. Ah. Mm. Ah. <laughs> this guy. This guy gets it. Um, yeah no this match was uh this match was something i uh i so i will say this i enjoyed it it was funny i didn't give it a rating just because it's really not like a match per se yeah. uh, it, it was funny uh yeah yeah so it, it isn't really a match right it, no. it, it really isn't but um yeah it, it's just it's just kind of a, a thing where dustin's like oh, i'm still here right right um it's just like a little little funny skit basically that, that that's what I would would say it is probably just like a, some kind of skit, you know. Yeah, I, I would agree. That's that's pretty much that's pretty much it. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see what else happened here. Um, yeah, I, I I can't really think of anything else that really happened with this segment. Um, we I did can't either. <laughs> <laughs> we did get uh, uh the following match here: Hikaru Shida. Uh, took on Nyla Rose. Yes. And um, you did remark, Stephen, that Nyla Rose has been getting better and better. Dude, the, yes. A hundred percent, yes. This match was very, very good. And, and I think that's the first time I've ever said that about a Nyla Rose match. Um, man, okay, she lost the title. That sucks. But... Nyla Rose is looking really good, man. I- I'm not going to lie. She's looking very, very good. And I, I'll i be the first to say I didn't really care for her too much in her women's title run. Um, but I think a lot of that comes down to her mic work, too. It- it's really just really not the best. Uh, that uh, Honestly, mm. I think with Nyla, that's the biggest thing holding her back right now is her mic work. Uh, it-, it just comes off very scripted and very uh, disingenuine. Mm. That being said, though, her in-ring work in this match was great. Was great. This is absolutely the best version of Nyla Rose that we have seen, 100%. Well, and I think, too, um, not, that that not only is not uh, Nyla Rose continuing to get better and better and better, uh, but Hikaru Shida, um, I think she was the right opponent and, yes. and the right person for the title to, to go to next. Right. Well, she's one of the she's one of the ring generals, basically that that you had talked about earlier. Yes, absolutely, yeah. a- absolutely. I know I know Kenny Omega does a lot of uh, work with the women's division, uh, but um, Hikaru Shida is is certainly one of those people uh, that that you can turn to 
and you, you can say you're a leader here in this division, right? This is mm-hmm. a, yeah. a burgeoning, growing division. You're you're somebody who we can trust, um, mm-hmm. and, and I think that she's certainly a great ambassador for the women's division uh, for for AEW. Um, this I don't know. This might be another stretch where people will accuse me of AEW fanboyism, where there's there's none to be there. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I, I would put Hikaru Shida, in all honesty, up there with the likes of Asuka and Io Shirai as as one yes. of the best women's wrestlers uh, in the world right now. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree, and, and I think she she proved that with this match for sure. Um, you know, and and what I love about this is this is a Nyla Rose title match where the challenger is not leading Nyla through the match. This is a very back and forth match. It has very good momentum throughout all of it. I really think Nyla and Hikaru have really good chemistry together. Um, there's technical spots. There's power spots. There there's hardcore spots. I mean, this match is really, really good, y'all. Yeah, I mean, if anything, if if nothing else impressed me, it was how how well Hikaru Shida actually adapted to the hardcore environment because you you see her Mm -hmm. and it's like, you know, she's really good. She's she's very technical. She's very savvy in the ring. Mm-hmm. And then you put her in this kind of environment, and it's like, oh wow, okay. So you you she's got a lot of versatility to her. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, like I said, I I think that this was uh, certainly the right time to pull the trigger on Hikaru Shida taking that title. Um, she did have some, um, I guess some some interesting ring gear. Uh, it, it looked like it was based on a on, on like a video game character. The closest one that I could match up. Uh, with was Tifa from Final Fantasy VII. That's but, the first thing I thought of when she walked out. Yeah, mm, yeah, is you like like that, but in red. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, I mean, it, it looked brilliant. It looked brilliant. Yeah, um, yeah. And no, I'm, I mean, mm-hmm. go ahead. Oh, I was just gonna say, I'm very happy for her victory. Absolutely, yeah, and, and I'm really happy to see what the the AEW Women's Division looks like with with Hikaru Shida. You know. Kind of, kind of at the helm, mm-hmm. and, and really after after this match, seeing both of these women work, like, man, give give me a rematch of this, uh, you know, two three months down the line. I, I want to see, uh, you know, the progress that that Nyla has made, and you know, maybe maybe at some point put the title back on Nyla. That that's something I never thought I would say, but mm-hmm. she is looking better and better. Uh, I might actually be becoming a Nyla Rose fan. Oh goodness! Okay, yeah. well, yeah. there you go, ladies and gentlemen. Stephen Grudy, Nyla Rose <laughs> fan. This uh, is it, it. Might not be Hikaru Shida's best match, but this is one hundred percent Nyla Rose's best match. Yeah, I mean, I I would certainly agree with you up to this point for sure. Mm-hmm. And and speaking of that, I want to move along to uh, our penultimate main event of the evening. Uh, this match uh, here is for the AEW World Heavyweight Championship. Uh, between uh, John Moxley and um, uh, Brody Lee. Now I've Hold on. read uh, ratings. Oh yes, I'm sorry for the last match. Uh, three and a half for me for Hikaru Shida and Nyla Rose. I gave it an A. Oh, okay. Yes. Very yes. cool. Yeah. No, yes. this was this was great. I mm-hmm. really really liked this. Um. Okay. Sorry to interrupt. Go ahead. No, no, it's fine. <laughs> uh, Brody Lee. Uh, challenges John Moxley for the AEW Championship. Um, so my question to you, Stephen, first off, is uh, mm-hmm. in in some circles around wrestling Twitter, 
Um, uh, people have said that this is uh, John Moxley's best pay-per-view match so far. Mm. Um, would you agree with that assessment? Um, if it's not number one, it's number two. Uh, th- mm. This was a very, very, very good match. Uh, I think I still put um moxley and uh kenny their hardcore match i, I still mm-hmm. think the that lights I out match the lights out match I, I still think that's john moxley's best match uh just for me personally i'm a big fan of the hardcore style matches so uh, it, it makes sense that me personally i would put that above this one but mm-hmm. you can absolutely absolutely make the argument that this is moxley's best pay-per-view match i i certainly wouldn't uh i wouldn't judge you for for mi- having that opinion you know no, for sure. Um, so, uh, yeah, I, I completely agree with your sentiment about the Kenny Omega John Moxley match being the best one so far in in mm-hmm. a, in AEW at least. Because right. uh, let's be real, um, there have been some awesome John Moxley matches in New Japan, like the one with uh, right. Uh, the one with Minoru Suzuki, for example, uh, yes. might be his best match that he's ever had in his life. Mm-hmm. Um, I love that match personally. I well, mean, the you, thing with John Moxley too is, you know, he, he yes, he he has a very particular style, but mm-hmm. he can change it also. Uh, right. Like AEW John Moxley is not the same as New Japan John Moxley. So, mm-hmm. you know, maybe you like AEW John Moxley better. Maybe you like New Japan John Moxley better, and that's fine. Either one, um, you know that. But he is a he's a different guy when he's over there. I think. Yeah, I, I I can certainly see that point as well that he's kind of a different cat while he's there. I mean, but he he also has a a whole different level of um I guess uh, talent and and experience in New Japan uh, mm-hmm. that um, and, and and a different working style and philosophy in New Japan that that you kind of get um some inspiration drawn from you can clearly sell uh, tell that there's inspiration drawn from new japan and mm-hmm. other places in aew uh but but for me moxley's had very 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 good matches in, in new japan like i mentioned mm-hmm. with a minoru suzuki and then tamahiro ishii shingo takagi oh, yes you know those matches are just beautiful beautiful matches yeah his but, match is so good yeah that ishii match is just great um but I, I would say that I I will definitely say that this is Brody King's uh, not Brody King Brody Lee's <laughs> uh, best match so far yeah. um, in AEW by by a long shot mm-hmm. um, and, and I will say that this is John Moxley's probably his um, pro- probably close to his best match that he's put on in AEW at least um, mm-hmm. the, the, with the Kenny one being the exception I think. Um, the intensity level of this match was super duper high. Lots mm-hmm. of brawling. Um, the refs really kind of let this thing go. Um, yep. And um, I guess Bro- Brody put, um, though he kind of goes down in defeat here, he um, he really does um, give Moxley a good run for his money. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, you know, you mentioned the ref kind of let this thing go away. And absolutely. I mean, this was borderline uh, no DQ match almost. Um, It it was booked as a singles match, uh, but there was definitely weapons. There there was definitely uh, table spots and and some other, you know, kind of brutal stuff. Um, But but man, 
it was just a really, really well-paced match, I think, is really the biggest thing. Like, if you take a look at the time of the match, it was only over 15, it was just over 15 minutes, which normally you would think that a, a match of this caliber, of this intensity, and, and of this importance, uh, they would want to let it go on for, you know, 25, maybe even 30 minutes. But I, I, I think that's my favorite thing about this match, is, is that it's just super hard-hitting and just, like, fired right out of the gate, right out of the gate, right when it started. It was super intense, and, and it kept going all the way through the match. There there wasn't a lot of, like, okay, now we're setting up for the next spot, or mm. oh, now we're, now we're tired and, and we're going to take a breather before the next spot. It, it was very, okay, now you're through the table. Okay, now I'm going to throw you into the ring post. Okay, now I'm going to throw you over the garter. Okay, now I'm going to reverse. Like, it was nonstop all the way through. And, and mm. I think that's why I really, really like the match because with John Moxley and Brody Lee, they're both so brutal. Very, yeah. very brutal. They have like DDT spots, brain busters and, uh, you know, things like that, put, putting people through tables and to see that like a hundred percent of the time for 15 minutes straight, it's just like, it's almost like a, a visual of you sitting in your in your chair with your hair blown back. You know what I mean? Like it, <laughs> it's just so in your face and, and intense. You know. Well, and I'm glad that you used that word intense because I, I did remark here too that um, uh, while the Jericho match probably had more drama and emotion, uh, that this one was certainly a lot more intense. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yes, uh, I, I do certainly agree with that overall sentiment. And they did use their time very, very well. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, of course, the the finish spot, you know, the the uh, the paradigm shift uh, through the floor, basically yes. through the floor of the entrance ramp, was was great. And 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 then, um, that but that wasn't the finish, right? Like Brody right. Bro- Brody Lee kept kicking out of the paradigm shift back in the ring. Uh, so Moxley had to choke him out, basically, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I I think that uh, that alone put uh, Brody Lee over quite a bit, and that you had to literally put him down, right? Yeah, absolutely. No, I mean mm-hmm. that that was one of the things that I had mentioned in my notes is, and I think I even mentioned this uh, when we had uh, previewed. Uh, Double or Nothing also, where I thought it was maybe a little too early for Brody Lee to be in this title picture. Mm. I I thought it it might, you know, if Moxley wins, it's going to bury Brody. Or if Brody wins, it's going to bury Moxley. Uh, But they just did it super, super well. Uh, I I think winning with the technical submission and choking Brody Lee out, I think absolutely was the best way to do it. And Mm. this match probably has the most brutal finish of an AEW match uh, to date. You know, you just with the visual of, of Brody Lee, you know, uh, the the top of his head cut with with blood dripping down on his face and then you have Moxley just ramming his elbow into that cut he, yeah. he bites the cut at one point yeah uh, it hits hits the paradigm shift and then hits him with that sleeper uh, to get the victory and, and it's probably the most brutal uh, straight up finish that AEW has had it, it was just really good yeah no I I completely agree uh, I ended up giving this uh, four and a quarter. I gave it an A plus. Loved it. Wow. There you go. Yeah. Um, and then uh, 
obviously the the main event, the stadium yes. stampede, uh, the inner circle versus the elite. Uh, this match was, uh, man, man, it was entertaining. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So uh, on the top of our show, I I had mentioned that the the show is very fan service heavy. Uh, yeah, and you you definitely get parts of that in the other matches, but this match really. If you are an AEW diehard fan, if you watch all of Dynamite and know all the wrestlers, know all the stories, man, this one's for you. Yeah, it's it's really um so a lot's been said about the cinematic style match, right? Right. And I think and this is just me personally. I think this is where AEW really takes advantage of only doing so many pay-per-views a uh, a year mm-hmm. because they were able to see, you know, the um I guess the Edge Orton match and the Graveyard match and the um I, I will, uh, like the Champa Gargano match, the the Firefly match. They right. were able to see all uh, the the Money in the Bank match being the most recent. They were able to see all these elements of what WWE had done, um, but they had learned from all of the mistakes right. that WWE may have made. So with this here, there was the right amount of action, the right amount of cutaways, and 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 the cutaways were made to where it always stayed fresh and entertaining. Yeah. Um, and the the comedic spots were appropriately timed and would turn out to be a lot more funny than a lot of the stuff that a, that WWE has done. Mm-hmm. No, I mean, I, I completely agree. Um, I don't really think it's uh, realistic for us to go too much into this match just because it's right. There's so many levels and, and layers. Yeah, it, it's nonstop balls to the wall action for 34 minutes. It, it's it was honestly even hard, uh, a, li- a little hard to to keep track of what was going on, even watching it. So I'm not going to sit here and try to explain to y'all everything that took place in this match, just because we'd be here for hours and hours. Um, but to to Tanner's point, I completely agree. I mean, the the comedic spots were were perfectly timed. Uh, there there weren't too many of them. They didn't overstay their welcome. And then, like I said, the it was nonstop action all the way through. Um, mm-hmm. I, I will I will admit, right when the match started, uh, you know, like when they when they did the, I guess the kickoff run or whatever. Right. Um, they, they they just run from opposite ends of the ring and. <laughs> yeah, I was like, okay, this is gonna be dumb. Like. <laughs> All right. See, you know, you know what it reminded me of, Stephen. What's that? So back in the XFL days, um, like like the first run of the XFL, mm-hmm. the the start of the game was always a, a dash from both ends of the field for the ball, and that's exactly oh, gotcha. what this is: is a, is a dash to midfield uh, collision between yeah. the elite and the. Um, uh, the inner circle, and what's what's cool is like you know the elite uh, they they come out second, but they they're dressed as their normal everyday selves. Right. But but like the inner circle, because of their level of camaraderie, and I guess yeah. I don't I don't know if this was like them feeling like it's not necessarily like an insecurity, but they wanted to feel like overwhelming. They mm-hmm. they have football gear on. They have football yeah. uh, tights. They have football. Uh, jerseys on all the jersey they were numbers even are, uh mm-hmm. they were even announced with their numbers 
Right. And yeah. all the numbers had some sort of level of significance to them for mm-hmm. each individual person. Um, you know, so that, that's pretty funny. Um, but like I said, there's, there's so many great parts uh, of mm-hmm. this match from uh, from Sammy uh, being chased by Hangman Page on his horse yes. um, uh, to um, uh, there was the the Matt Hardy stuff where they were in the pool and yes. and he would take change. one of these and call me in the morning <laughs> right like he, he was he would be the doctor but then like he he would also um like he he would change different into different versions of Matt Hardy which was really fun um. Yeah, it was just it was just so so much fun. The the the, yeah. the bar fight uh, between Dude, the bar scene. Oh my god, it's so good. Yeah. It's so so good. Like the the whole match is good, but this entire match is validated solely on that bar scene in my opinion. It it was wow. just so good. You you have Hangman sitting at the bar sipping his whiskey. Hager comes in because he knows. Oh, I can't find Hangman. He's probably at the bar, so he goes to the bar. Yeah. Hangman's already drinking. He offers he, Hager he, a drink. He sees the horse parked outside of the bar yeah. level, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He he offers Hager a drink. They share a drink. Then they start this this massive brawl. Hager, you know. Power slams uh, Paige onto a pool table. Kenny Omega comes in for the save. Uh, uh, Paige hits a buckshot lariat off of <laughs> off of Kenny Omega's back. Yeah, well, and then they 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 were, don't forget the had they had the uh, the part where Jake Hager slid uh, yes. Hangman Page through like basically through the bar top and all of like the uh, the glasses and the 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 liquor bottles and all that stuff. So that that was a lot yeah. of fun. Like a nice little like like homage to like Western uh, kind, kind of uh, Clint Eastwood movies, you know. Yeah. And, and then right at the end, once uh, once Page has hit that buckshot lariat on Hager and sends him over the bar, Hager's pretty much out for the count, and uh, Kenny Omega ha- has a has a sip of milk. Hangman yeah. Adam Page has a sip of some whiskey, and, and then they they go forth back into the match. But man, like that scene was perfect it well, and, was so good and, and don't get us wrong there is actually action that happens in a ring that's in the middle of the football field at TIAA yes. stadium mm-hmm. um you know there there is some in-ring action in the beginning but like that's just that's just a part of it right like mm-hmm. um again this match accentuates all of the really great parts uh, of um of of what makes wrestling fun mm-hmm. um I, i'd be remiss also if i didn't talk about chris jericho there's a part where um, I are you think, talking about the one with Aubrey? Yes, there's a part where, <laughs> with with Nick Jackson where he gets a near fall attempt on Nick Jackson, and then he pulls like a red challenge flag from out of his pants. And he's like, "I yeah. challenge the play," and <laughs> and Aubrey's like, "You're challenging me." And then they have they go into the the, the review booth tent and like look at the footage again, <laughs> and then like mm-hmm. Aubrey's like, "The the ruling on the on the field stands," and like just all sorts of great stuff. Like, yeah, and Jericho's like, "You're a shitty ref." Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> like when you asked me at the beginning of the show, was I sports entertained? Um, obviously, I, I, this is AEW is definitely more wrestling centric, right. but this was if you if you look at the definition on its face value, this is sports entertainment. This right. is 
this was entertaining. It was it was sporting based, uh, but like the entertainment value of it was super off the charts. Yeah, and and then like they bring the golf cart back out and chase Sammy yep. again. Um, the finish spot is just out of this world. I I don't even want to spoil that because yeah. like that's like the exclamation point right at the end of the match. And well, it, there's like, two. There's like two main big exclamation points at the end that I won't spoil that, that just mwah, put, put the icing on the cake, you know? Oh yeah. yeah. Um, there's, it, there's just so much good stuff that happens oh, here. Oh dude. And then Adam page w- <laughs> with the line marker. Yes. The line marker. He rolls <laughs> over Chris Jericho with the line <laughs> marker. It's, it's great. Dude, like um, this is, Man, like if you take a look at my notes here, it basically just devolves into all caps towards the end of it. <laughs> it it's just it's so so good that this is one of the best things AEW has ever done. A hundred percent. Oh yeah. Oh man, I loved it. I the, loved it. They they kind of took what they wanted to do with blood and guts, I think, and was really like, you know what, we can't necessarily. We could do this, but let's do this instead. And right. and I think that they really took full advantage of everything that they had available. Props to Tony Khan um, and, and his father for even being like, sure, do it at the football field. We'll just buy right. whatever we need to replace. And, yeah, yeah. And and they they really uh, they really did a great job with this um, uh, as a form of entertainment it's like 10 stars like right it's yeah it's, yeah. it's great as, as a wrestling match i'll give it four and three quarter right i'm even kind of leaning towards five just because of how awesome it is mm-hmm. um uh, but but right now i'm gonna sit at the four and three quarter mark yeah i mean i mean that that's certainly fair um from from a wrestling standpoint i mean it's it's not the greatest match i guess but like that doesn't matter though like right. this is it's, it's its own thing um so so yeah i mean th- there's not a lot of in ring action in ring wrestling but you're it not was, it was never meant to be right exactly you that's not what you want out of this um mm-hmm. and and i think they did it basically as good as they could have and, and gave me exactly what i wanted out of this match i i mean like I said at the beginning of the match, I was like, "This is going to be dumb," uh, but it did not take long for me to completely change my viewpoint. Like, th- <laughs> this is this is one of the best things AEW has ever done, if not the best. Oh yeah, no, it's it's really really fun. Um, I'm actually t- I'm going to break the fourth wall here. I'm actually rewatching it right now as we speak on nice. mute, and nice. uh, there is a part where they kind of it, I think it's it's. Um, uh, Santana and Ortiz are up somewhere in the stands with, I want to say it's Omega and Hardy. It hasn't mm-hmm. happened just yet on the screen, but I'm reminded of this. Yep. They're kind of it, where there's a, there's a corridor that leads into this, the stadium and uh, Santana, I believe Irish whips Kenny Omega down this hallway. And you see Kenny Omega still continue to run down the hallway, even though he was Irish, like he's Irish whip. There's no ropes to be found. But yeah. Kenny Omega <laughs> keeps running. So it's like, it's like, that's a, that's a fair level of like, you know, uh, just like, continuity there i, I thought yeah, it yeah. was funny um, no i mean like there there's spots galore in this match for sure yeah there's comedy spots there there's some really brutal spots uh but then 
interweaved between all of that, there, there's just little specks of, uh, you know, inside jokes or, or, or little references or, or, or things like that, you know? So that, that's why I say that this match is 100% for the fan. Like it's, mm. I, I don't know, like the, it, it's almost like they didn't make this match to, to get it on as many TVs as possible. They made this match to put as many smiles on as many faces as possible. And, and I mm. respect the hell out of that. Right, and that kind of goes back to what we were saying. Like this is this is built as a feel good show, yeah. Right, um, and and this is really the highlight of it. In, mm-hmm. in all honesty, I mean, there's there's so many things, and 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 all the guys here just bring such a, a high quality, uh, high level of quality to uh, this match. Even mm-hmm. though it is a bit goofy, it is a bit odd. There's hardcore elements to it. It's not super technical, you know. So it's not it's not Nokata Omega Classic, right. but this is something different. It is a different, mm-hmm. uh, a whole different animal. Um, yeah, and uh, yeah, I sincerely appreciate it. So yeah, I mean, four and three quarter to five stars is is certainly where I'm headed to. This is certainly a mm-hmm. highlight for AEW this year. And yeah, uh, yeah. That's, that's yeah. Uh, I gave I gave this match an A plus plus. Like a. I I loved it, man. I I absolutely loved it. And, and I'm gonna say I'm gonna say something. You can agree or disagree. Uh, and I'm talking to you, Tanner, and also the listener. You can agree oh. or disagree. Um, this is probably AEW's best pay per view of all time. Well, I was going to ask you what your overall feelings were about the show in its entirety uh, mm-hmm. upon its conclusion, how you felt, and everything. So it, it's quite clear that you feel as though this is the best show uh, that yeah, they've done. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, this is the best overall show now there are shows with better moments uh Mm. you know take a look at uh you know double or nothing last year uh with with john moxley coming in that's a that's a huge moment and a big moment in the history of AEW for sure Mm. um you know take a look at revolution with, with moxley winning the title that that's big you know a completely new landscape for the AEW uh title division Mm. but None of those shows were as solid top from top to bottom like this one was. Like the mm. the lowest the lowest rating I gave a match was a C plus. Yeah. Like, and even then you can argue better if you really wanted to. I mean, this mat this entire show is five stars A plus for me. Like. Mm. very very good if you're even slightly a fan of AEW I highly recommend watching this show it sucks that it's $50 but man it is worth it if it, you are a wrestling fan yeah it's super worth it and and the thing is is like um, I, I guess when when I finished the show what I walked away from from it uh, thinking was alright there's not a match on here that's anywhere near the level of quality as what Hangman Page and Omega produced with uh, the Young Bucks at AEW Revolution. Right. A- God, that, that's that, such a good fucking match. Holy crap. That, that Sorry. match, <laughs> no, no, it's fine. That match is probably right now, I mean, it's neck and neck with Okada and Ibushi from Wrestle Kingdom uh, 14 as, as being match of the year for me. I mean, mm-hmm. It's it's one of those two. So I mean that's that's super hard to do is <laughs> to have a match that's that high quality. Right. But with that said, I'm in complete agreement with you here, and that not only is it worth uh, your fifty dollars, 
uh, dear listener. But uh, I would also say um, that it is probably their most well-built show overall. Uh, mm-hmm. from from top to bottom, you know, again, considering that there's only really one, two kind of moments where there's a bit of a lull in the show, everything else is super good quality and when mm-hmm. you and when you end up watching it whenever that may be, the the 3 hours 45 minutes, almost 4 hours of the show really go by quickly without you being like, "Oh man, uh yeah, mm, yeah, I'm not, I'm not grasped, right? Like, right, absolutely. And, and sorry to cut you off, but no, it's fine. The the Chris Statlander Penelope Ford match uh, was only five minutes long, and the Dustin Rhodes and Sean Spears match was only just over three minutes long. Right. So those are really the only two lulls in the show, and it's less than ten minutes right. out of so, out of a three over three and a half hour show. Right. So you might have maybe fifteen minutes out of three and a half four hours that you might be like, eh, whatever. Right. right. Whereas, um, and, and again, I'll probably sound harsh for this, but you look at WWE's Money in the Bank, for example, where I was bored to tears nearly for most of it. Yeah. And it and it was only two and a half hours. It's one of WWE's shortest pay per views in recent memory, and you know it. it I felt nothing. This See, is like this show. Mm-hmm. It even feels shorter than Money in the Bank, right? And it's considerably longer, right? Right, and that that should tell you everything right there. So yeah, this is um, I think we can safely conclude, Stephen, that this is an instant classic uh, this year. Um, yes, yeah, th- 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 this is going to age very, very well as a show, and mm-hmm. uh, it's definitely one of the best things, if not the best overall show AEW's ever produced. Um, I, I think that we have a lot to look forward to, um, on dynamite on Wednesday, which, uh, I think, uh, by the time that we publish this episode, uh, we'll know maybe a little bit more. Um, but it is expected that Brian Cage will be leveling down his challenge to John Moxley. Mm. Um, so, uh, Steven, before we leave here, parting thoughts on that. Oh man, that's gonna be good. That's gonna be real good. Uh, Brian Cage, man, he really, he really impressed me. Like right out of the gate, that that crazy pop up neckbreaker that he did on on, uh, I believe it was Darby Allen, <clears throat> was crazy. And, yeah. and some of the moves that he's able to to get out with with the power that he's able to get out and the quickness that he's able to get out is really really crazy. It's gonna give John Moxley a run for his money, but uh, I, I really think with with the the just never say die brawling attitude of John Moxley. I think him and Brian Cage are going to have some really, really good chemistry there. So uh, I'm, I'm curious to see, and I hope they mention something about this on Dynamite, where um, this pay-per-view leaves Brody Lee um, mm-hmm. and his relationship with John Moxley and even his relationship with the Dark Order. Uh, I'm curious to see where that goes. But um, yeah, Brian Cage, John Moxley, it's a good next opponent. Is there any worry in your mind regarding because you brought up Brody Lee? Brody Lee challenged John Moxley rather quickly uh, for his time in, in AEW. Is there any worry regarding Brian Cage challenging John Moxley uh, so early uh, in his AEW arrival? I mean, a part of me, sure. Um, I, I do think that they handled his debut very, very well. Uh, he looks 
extremely dominant, uh, which is how they want him to come off. Um, at the same time, Brody Lee looks really extremely dominant as well. Um, do I think Brian Cage will, will take it off, John? Absolutely not. Is mm-hmm. it a little early? Um, possibly, yeah. We'll, mm-hmm. we'll see what they do with Brian Cage on uh, Dynamite. I, I think if he can be on Dynamite for the next uh, you know, two, three weeks, really just have John and, and him uh, build up a rapport and, and build up this uh, this rivalry that, that they may or may not have, uh, I, I think it could work. Um, mm-hmm. it, it will definitely take some work. If they just have the match out of nowhere, yeah, 100% way too early. Uh, if they put a little bit of build on it with how good Brian Cage's debut was, it could work. No, for sure. I, I think what is necessary here is Brian Cage needs to come out at on Dynamite, you know, lay down the challenge to John Moxley, mm-hmm. um, and uh, really take the next, you know, month, two months, two months maybe minimum mm-hmm. of uh, of of Brian Cage just destroying everything in his path, making him seem like a unbeatable monster. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that by the time that um, uh, All Out comes around, that uh, we have somebody who's a formidable challenger in Brian mm-hmm. Cage, but who won't lose anything if he does indeed uh, uh, take a loss to John Moxley. Moxley's the champion. He should be able to overcome these kind of odds but we mm-hmm. don't want Brian Cage to look you know bad in the process so they really do need to For sure. to, to, to really work um, Brian Cage and 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 make him make him seem like a Brock Lesnar type uh, here right. in AEW yeah um, Brian Cage uh, he he needs to um, he needs to fight Jake Hager and win he needs to fight Dustin Rhodes and win uh and maybe fight Brody Lee and win. Uh, he needs to fight yeah. some big guys. Yeah, and basically. and not not only just win. I think he needs to win in some brutal fashion too. Yeah, and right? decisively. Yes, mm-hmm. very decisively. Um, I think that it, it will take the the full three month build. I think that they um, they announce the match. Brian Cage says, "You know, hey, I'm coming after you, Moxley." Moxley says. You know, um, whatever time, whatever place, they mm-hmm. say all in or all out rather, and and you know they they leave it at that. Um, Moxley does his thing, Cage does his thing, and then they heat things back up with a month to go uh, yeah. for this to to really kind of you know hit things out of the park. You know, mm-hmm. that's that, I think that's how I would do it. You know, um, but uh, yeah, AEW's had a lot of really good luck so far. And uh, I look forward to seeing what they do next. Yeah, no, absolutely. Absolutely great show. Uh, really gives a lot of questions and a lot of intrigue on what comes next. I mean, you really can't ask for more with, with a pay-per-view, you know. It, it did exactly what it needed to, and it did it in a very, very entertaining way. Fantastic. Well, yep. you definitely have a glowing review from us, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, yep. I, I hope you've enjoyed listening to the show. I hope you definitely check out um, AEW Double or Nothing if you haven't done so already. Please check out this show. Definitely very, very well done. 
Um, if you haven't done so already, uh, hit us up on Twitter at Headlock Talk. Again, that's at Headlock Talk on Twitter. Uh, that's where you can find us. You can give us a follow. I'll follow you back. It'll, it'll be it'll be a lot of fun. We can talk about wrestling, or yeah, or, you know, or you know, um, whatever else is on your mind. It, it really doesn't matter. Um, <laughs> you know, I'm I'm open to anything. Uh, almost almost anything. Good um, thing you threw that in there. Yeah, <laughs> uh, be careful. Yeah, <laughs> it is the internet, of course. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> But uh, yeah, man. Uh, if you are a sponsor, uh, you want to hit a hit Headlock Talk up, you know, for any sort of uh, arrangements or, or business inquiries, you can hit us up uh, on uh, our email, uh, headlocktalk at gmail.com. Again, it's headlocktalk at gmail.com. Uh, that's where we go for business inquiries. And then uh, last but not least, uh, please, dear listener, go ahead and hit that subscribe button right there at the top of your screen, whether you're listening to this on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, uh, Podbean, or anywhere else where you listen to podcasts. Uh, and uh, if you really want to go that extra mile, and we do encourage you to do so, uh, we would like to be number one in your hearts. Uh, so if we, if we can make number one on those wrestling charts, ladies and gentlemen, uh, all you have to do, leave a five-star rating and review wherever you listen to podcasts. Um, beyond that, Stephen, do you have anything else for us today? I think that's it, man. I think we covered this pretty well. I th- pretty I think well. So. Uh, yeah. oh, over the internet, high five, you and me. Boop. All right. <laughs> Good stuff. All right. Well, you guys, uh, I am, of course, the Texas gentleman, Tanner Pruitt, and, of course, uh, with us over the internet, the one, the only, Mr. Stephen Grudy. Yes, yes. Thanks for listening, y'all. Really appreciate it. Yes, guys. Thank you for listening. You guys have yourselves a great rest of your day. Later. Bye-bye. Whether you're kicking it in the sticks or kicking it at home, lounge in upholstery with a contemporary feel designed for relaxed living with the Brantley Gilbert Collection at Morris Home. Enter online at morrisathome.com win for your chance to win a guitar personally autographed by Brantley Gilbert or one of many Morris Home gift cards to upgrade your home today. That's morrisathome.com win for your chance to win from Morris Home. How did we become Central Ohio's most trusted team of orthopedic experts? We focus on what matters most, our patients. At Orthopedic One, we know we're only at our best when we're helping you get better. And every day, your commitment to overcoming pain and injury inspires and moves us. That's why we bring our best every day to earn your trust. Find a physician near you at orthopedicone.com.